Welcome to Transformers, the podcast about how business people and policymakers are creating a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kai Embren. In today's program, my guest is Bertula Bystrand, a system entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know, he works with systemic change. He creates the conditions that encourage systems to change. As a typical system entrepreneur, Bertula is a natural diplomat who can wear many hats and talk to senior and junior people alike and find languages that bring them together. He is a global action facilitator and a disruptor. He is an initiator, founder and co-founder of a number of international platforms and networks in the field of crowd impact economy that involve millions of people across the globe. He is currently working with transformation of neighborhoods and cities in collaboration. He develops networking tools to strengthen learning processes across communities, sectors and stakeholders. Bertula is now leader of the social innovation team in Trondheim City Transformation Program with the Norwegian University of Science and Technology. The city of Trondheim is a national and international hub for coordination of the European and United Nations program for smart and sustainable cities. Welcome, Bertola. You are in Trondheim, isn't it? In Norway? Yes, yeah, the city of Vikings. Oh, I see. Okay. And um, uh, you do something very exciting work up there. Uh, Trondheim have um, are on the way to establish a new model to get the city to adapt the and reach the sustainable development goals and uh, can you give uh, the listener an introduction to the Trondheim program Batula? Trondheim for people who don't know is uh, the third uh, largest capital of Norway and has uh, over a long time been like you can say the hub for R&D and innovation and science. The Norwegian University of Science and Technology is located here. And also the largest research institution in the Nordic, Sintef, is located in this city. So it is sort of a small Cambridge, Oxford in the Nordics with a lot of knowledge and a lot of science, a lot of thinking and exploring. And of course, it has uh, 1,000 years of history. It's not a super big city. It's 220,000 with students here. The region has 400,000. So I think it's it has a bit of scale. If you look at the global context, it has uh, uh, enough citizens to try out new things but it's also small enough to do things. So it's a, also a good size, I think, of the of the region to, to build the playgrounds or innovation districts or whatever words we are using in this context. So when you look at Norway, uh, it's mm-hmm. a, a long distance from the south to the north, but uh, why did the Norway uh, put the effort into to Trondheim? I think it has a long history of uh, like in the social contract. Normally, a uh, place like this, it would be the main capital like Stockholm and Sweden or Oslo, Norway. But uh, for historic reasons, uh, uh, the University of Norway, the Antenne, was located here. So I think it was a bit of in the social contract of the state. Uh, so in comparison to, for example, with Sweden, we have several technical universities in different cities, but here's very much uh, 
the most prestigious and most highest uh, trustworthy and number second in fact in terms of where people want to be employed just google this was a list from last week that uh, it's number two for for the younger generation to be have an employment as an Mm. organization together with the high cool tech companies and like that Mm. that's a deep culture arena with music and culture so it also has this deeper dimension of social capital that has been my field of interest for the last 15 years so uh, the place you know the value of a place and the value of the people and the value of science and everything is coming together in this uh, place in, in very interesting ways so my role is a bit of trying out the new things together with the established things. Mm. So, now, we, uh, we will come back to your role in this program, but mm. uh, uh, I would like to clarify also that um, uh, which influence uh, do the university have um, on, on the municipality uh, when we talk about policies and governance, uh, when we think about the role of Trondheim as a change maker, what do they do that not other, others doing? I think when you have a, as big a university as you have a relative in relative terms uh, with the research institutions and other actors, they need actors to test out new things on. Because if you're a national university or international, uh, you need to try out new things. So Trondheim becomes a playground for the university and research institutions. So they, as I see it, coming as a researcher to the city and asking questions and being part of new innovative projects, that sort of develops the city to be more up to date with changes. So it, uh, to keep track of, of where the science is going, you need as a city be also in uh, tune into that sort of level of understanding society. So mm. I think it's a mutual benefit there that pushes or or pulls the city a bit, at least the institution as a city, mm. uh, forward in, in new areas. Can you see any any sort of uh, support from the political part of this? When think about think about the leadership and uh, the the leadership in in Trondheim as a city. Yes, but. I think also it has been a very professional organization on running the city. So that's my feeling. It has been quite effective in uh, the more operational part of the city. Mm. Uh, But of course, to grow up in this place and tell you is sort of, I think people understand that this is a bit of the the pride of the place. You, uh, yeah. It's an understanding that this is very, very positive for the city as a whole. Is it any one of the social development goals that has more of a priority for the work? Uh, water is, of course, uh, very much health, food. This is very much uh, a place where you have um, with a really nice gastronomy. Uh, it's very good um, soil. So they have been good in food production over a long time. They uh, recently had the Nordic uh, 
Michelin Award in January before the Corona. So they have three restaurants in this place that are Michelin, uh, has Michelin, Michelin stars, and the first Michelin awarded restaurant in sustainability in the world. And that's very prestigious. So the combination of sustainability, food, innovation is uh, very profound. It's also the region, European region of gastronomy 2022. Climate is of course super important, but there are 17 goals. So it has also been very important to, to work on in all fields and support the overall process of drying system innovation forward or the transformation we are in. Where I'm sitting right now is the Sustainability Center in Trondheim. And here you have, this has been around for a few months now, but here you can say all stakeholders we are speaking about uh, are sitting, they can come in and it's like a pop-up hub. And uh, so you have the Business Association of Trondheim which is a bit the umbrella for business. So they are very interested in, I would say, the whole debate around sustainability, uh, not the circular economy, which is a bit of a hot topic right now. Uh, you have a local banks here to give, uh, to mention a few who are very occupied with the SDGs, the 17 sustainability uh, goals, development goals. Uh, but you you have I would say in all branches you have uh, you have actors who want to be part of this. It's not a of course we meet the people who or the businesses or organizations who are maybe a bit early adopters. They who want to go a bit ahead. It's not difficult to find people who want to make a difference. You said also that uh, Trondheim had um, a connection to the global arena, the international work, uh, renewing processes and models for the UN. Yes. Uh, what, what is the connection outside Trondheim with the work they are doing? Yeah, there are multiple, but, but right now uh, Trondheim is since one year, 1st of October 2019, they are secretariat for a network of excellence in, in Norway. So there are around 30 cities and regions trying to take a bit of a country approach uh, in taking the lead of transformation towards the sustainable development goals. So Trondheim is sort of the secretariat for the other actors, meaning uh, coordinating the network, uh, coordinating to to the actors in Europe and globally in UN. Uh, it's under the program on U4SSE, United for Smart Sustainable Cities and Communities, and uh, which is run by ITU, UNES, and UN Habitat, and they are supported with 14 other UN organizations. So it is a program for smart, sustainable cities which uh, has a secretariat for, the, for Norway here. And that what I know, it's the first country in the world who is organizing a whole country like this. So it's a bit of a test as well for, for other actors, like a city network. 
I have been over many years been exploring we can say the new economy and the new what do we mean with a new economy so I say it's a bit of a mode it's a new phenomenon it's a new way to organize some speak about the networked economy some speak about the impact economy some people speak about the crowd economy so so you can say it's sort of something new happening it has to do with technology because we can connect us never before we can finance a new way with crowdfunding we can ideate a new way we can build participation with cities in a new way so all this is part of uh, of this uh, phenomenon emerging so what i'm doing right here and have been doing the last four years in different projects is like taking in this new things of organizing into a bit more traditional way of organizing as a city university research institution that i was speaking about which is much more global you know you are part of this since many years also so maybe it's not the traditional way to organize and build partnerships anymore because you can suddenly connect with actors that maybe are not in Brussels or London, they are in maybe in Karachi or in Tokyo or in Johannesburg or in a rural village in India. So suddenly it's another arena here. So that is, has been very much my role of like, see how a traditional actor constellation here can cooperate or do something together with actors maybe in this field so you connect been, yeah. people and organizations yes. to be uh, through through social media yes that's a big uh, of course how we do it in practice so we build we test a lot we do a lot of event activities getting people to get used to social media among the servants we do events at the university and the city and and others so in that way the people here learn a little bit about this new phenomenon and maybe also build of course new partnerships and new business opportunities or new research uh, projects or we can already see that in applications for example you start to build a new language that could be attractive more for the entrepreneurs for example because maybe the new digital entrepreneurs or nomads or whatever term we use maybe they don't want to be part of a bit of a boring old way of organizing they are used to new things so we need to find this sort of new language this new way of building something we want to work against and you work together with all type of age groups and and yes. can you Absolutely. see anyone that are more participating in the process uh, well uh, different levels um, in terms of using social media more deliberately and effectively, I would say, without doing research, but I have a sense as I do it every day, many hours for many years. I would say that I have a feeling that people outside Europe, for example, in Bangalore or India or Pakistan or Bangladesh or people that are far away and maybe don't have an opportunity, for example, to get a visa to travel to Europe or Nordics or something, 
they have been forced in using social media for more for survival or getting new opportunities. So they, in a sense, I think it's better to really use the tools for some kind of outcome. I have a feeling that uh, this is not nothing new for you as a social media activist, Badola. And uh, but uh, when we talk about social innovation, social yes. capital, and learning mm. processes, it has been a very important part of your work uh, yeah. many years. And yes. uh, many people around the world are recognizing Bertola Bergstrand mm. as a very good social media networker. Mm. And uh, but uh, if you look back in in your history, well, how mm. did it start? I grew up in a small community in uh, in. The heart of Sweden, as I said, a small rural village in Östersund, and outside Östersund and in Jämtland, in the middle of Sweden. And, uh, you know, that were, was a place where community was everything. You build with relations. So it was sort of what we speak about, the network, the way of, of doing things. But, of course, it was very local. You did it in the local village, played soccer or whatever. But community was how you built the local society. And over the years, for different reasons, I came to Gothenburg, which is a bit bigger place, and the second city of Sweden, where I start to work at the university and the region of building new constellations, so more clusters, as we speak today, how we, how we can use uh, different models of working together. And often a term that, uh, that are frequently used as social capital, so like the relations among the people, the relations have a value. So I did that for many years, 2006 to 2010, um, checking out how a region, in this case West Sweden, could uh, work in a better way together, what hindrances, what possibilities there are, and uh, exploring the potential of social capital. But, but it didn't stop in, in, in the western part of, of uh, no. Sweden. Uh, you reach out also to outside Sweden. And as I understand it, that uh, you connect to the social capital market in California. Yes, that's more a bit... about that. Yeah, that was... uh, there are many very interesting stories there. But in this project that was called uh, which i find a bit interesting as well it was called dynamic growth capital dynamic tillväxt capital in west sweden one way of this regional project was also to go out and explore what's going on in other places outside sweden so we went to a few conferences in 2008 we went to malta to a social capital conference and in that conference, there were a lot of people, scientists speaking about social capital and the trust of society. Because to mention also, what is social capital? It's trust, relations, working together. One plus one is larger than two. Sort of that is the essence of social capital, networks of trust. So in, and in this context, we met a lot of people working in the field, but very few were working with it in practice. There were more academics. So 2009, in September, we set up a, a conference in West Sweden, in Gothenburg, and the city of Lidköping on social capital and urban policies. Sweden Conference 2009 on social capital and urban policies. 
And in doing that conference, we wanted also to have examples from practice working on this. And I was the project manager, the producer of the conference, together with uh, some other from the, from the team. Uh, and I started to explore who is out in the world working on this. And of course, in, uh, many are doing building networks and the communities uh, in a way they do it because that's who they are or they have been good at it, but not explicitly doing it social capital. So I found, I found two actors. One in Scotland, uh, Colin Campbell, Assist Social Capital was the organization. And the other was Social Capital Markets in San Francisco with Kevin Jones as a co-founder at that time. So that was uh, late 2008. So SoCap had just happened two months ahead of that. So we get got acquainted by email. And I still remember the first uh, night with Kevin on email. So because I got maybe 20 emails back of, are you in Sweden? I'm in San Francisco. And uh, uh, how are you working there? And like that. So it started very much from that point. Um, a few months later, Kevin and his wife, Rosalie, came to Sweden. Uh, so like finding out what's going on in Scandinavia, because we both saw that social capital, the Nordic model and social capital in the U.S. model is very different. So social capital markets is basically social capital and markets, but the and is not there. So it's called SOCAP. But uh, we had a lot of social capital in Nordics, but maybe not the markets in the same way. So we, it's like a good pollination of the best from, uh, we can go a lot into that, what's the difference, mm -hmm. but but maybe they were missing social capital in the US. It's a lot of focus on business solving the problems in the broken society, as they said, but while we have maybe another way to organize. So that has been very interesting journey to follow that. Yeah, and but that was how I came into to SOCAP. So that's uh, from 2009 and uh, even today you have strength the, 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 the connection to, to SOCAP. Yes, and many other networks, because that was a bit of, not the only, but, but definitely the largest and probably a bit San Francisco, California, and a bit of a hot uh, place for innovation in general and, and the environment. So, uh, so, and it also drew a lot of people from other places to come there. So over time, other actors meet, of course, and start to do things. So today there are hundreds of hubs around the world that uh, probably are triggered from there, but also emerging from their own. This is not, this phenomenon is not, that's one of my takeaways for looking back 15 years, that this is a transformation much bigger because it's sound, it looks like if you go into I'm sure, because I looked into Russia recently, there seems to be a lot of really cool things happening in the cities in Siberia or other places, and they are not connected to these arenas. But they are also doing cool things. So it's something deeper, I think, going on there. If we look at SOCAP's platform and, and yeah. reaching out, uh, yeah. uh, do we have other platforms that you think uh, are 
leading on the social media uh, market? Yeah, I know. I mean, the SoCap platform, there are a number of similar platforms. They, they seem to have same elements. Uh, first of all, SoCap was built on a very thorough analysis and mapping of the gaps in funding for sustainable solutions. So the first thing they do, did was a very good map. I recently looked for it because it's fantastic, but uh, I couldn't find it. I think it was on an old server. It was called Collective Intelligence, and it was Kevin Jones and Gary Bowles at, in Google and uh, some other persons who did this map. So they had a really good mapping of the funding, the lack of funding in certain sectors of uh, sustainability. On top of that, they built a very nice narrative, the SOCAP. Bertola, let us listen to Kevin Jones. I did an interview with Kevin in San Francisco some years ago, and uh, he pointed out some of the key issues for SOCAP, but also over the society around us. Uh, don't be scared about the noise around us. We were seagulls, uh, we were by the water in San Francisco Bay area. We wanted to validate the market at the intersection of money and meaning, the, the place between giving and investing that was, had the same goals as philanthropy, but could be financially sustainable because you get paid back, which you don't in philanthropy. With philanthropy, you lose all the money. With aid, the money doesn't come back typically. So we wanted to say that you could make doing good sustainable. Because if you look at the world, <clears throat> there's not enough money in philanthropy, in all the foundations, or in all the money that people give to solve our problems. There's not enough money in government. There's less money in almost all governments now. So that business has to do its part to help us solve problems like the transition to climate change and also help ameliorate the risk of financial exclusion. That everyone you know who has is at risk from the folks who have not, especially if they believe there's no path upward. Even the chairman of Goldman Sachs is saying that there's a systemic risk through financial inclusion that you have to deal with. <clears throat> and philanthropy can't solve it, and governments can't solve it. So the market has to become a tool for building the world we want. I think we can change the nature of the dialogue and the overall narrative from the market as the ravening wolf serving the rich and the power of empire to the market conserve community, conserve you, conserve me, conserve my children, conserve my grandsons, and conserve other people. So I think we have to bring the market back under control. We have to change the story in a really deep way. That's what we're about. At first we wanted to validate ourselves and say there's really a market. Now it's like, okay, yes, there's a market, but actually there's a movement. And the market has to become the servant of a movement. I think the, the success over the years, why it has been in this field at least, has been very successful in, in comparison to other platforms. But mm. in, you have other platforms similar. You have Sankalp in India and Africa, which mm. is also a bit similar. You Often you have the elements of you have a, a, a place where you meet, which is in that case it's called Sankalp. You have a sort of a consultancy firm or building solution firm. In, in Sankalp's perspective, it's called Intellicap, Intellectual Capital. And then they have an investment firm called Avishkar. So often you find these elements in the new markets. You have the 
Where do the people meet and build community? What entity is it doing the work in between? And then what is it that invests in the entrepreneurs? Hmm. If you go back uh, to look at Sweden and, and mm -hmm. where is uh, the most important uh, developer of social media networking on social innovation and social capital today, as you see it? Uh, uh, in Sweden, we have Norrsken in Stockholm. Norrsken is that the place? Norrsken, yeah, Norrsken House and Norrsken Foundation. Uh, then you have social innovation in Malmö, which a bit also. It's connected to the university, or? Yes. So yeah. it's always some kind of actor who is leading the, the cluster. In in US and in India, it, I think globally, it's very often an entrepreneur who takes the lead in building new, these new spaces or these new entities, while Maybe in the in Europe it's a bit more the feeling I have more starting maybe from a city or a government program or we need to do this and maybe symbiosis will emerge between the, the government or the city region slash and then to the entrepreneur. Well. Uh... Understand that we have um, different development in different parts of the world, but you have also been connected to to networking even in Af Africa. What yeah. sort of work do they do in this continent? They they are it's extremely interesting development in these micro hubs all over the. I would say I was just the other week looking back at Africa, and I think uh, I'm connected in. Of, I think there are 50, 54 countries in Africa, if I'm not mistaken. We are connected to at least 40 countries with hubs. They have been doing something called Sankalp Africa in Nairobi six or seven times. So this largest impact conference, impact investing conference in Africa, but. Beyond that, there are these, like I said, this development that is going on all around the planet where entrepreneurs starting to come together with some local entrepreneur who builds a community, maybe in the village or in a, in a small house or whatever, and then start to connect up digitally using social media tools. And, you know, organically, they grow this. And when they start to connect with others, suddenly they get a bit of critical mass and then maybe next step evolves out of that. So we are like an emergence of this networked uh, patterns of actors finding each other now since many, many years. More people around the world see, not the least the younger generation. If you go to startup events, which I have been doing a lot, and li listen to the pitches they give, what are they trying to do, the entrepreneurs? Even if they don't say that they are an social entrepreneur or they want to uh, they, they maybe they don't say themselves that they are social entrepreneur but what they try to achieve has some kind of social environmental impact in the business model or how they present mm. i would say it's more we are moving in this direction in one way or another overall mm. that's a big force though 
We have, we have now touched sort of uh, US, the Nordics, mm. Africa, but it's also development in this field also in, in India and Pakistan. Mm. What's your experience yes. from, from Asia perspective? Probably it's the fastest uh, because there they are also a lot of people there. I think probably there is a correlation between the number of brains you have and uh, this innovation speed. So if you have enabling structures for sharing knowledge, there is a lot of people there and some people of them, they find other people quicker than others and they start to work together. And, you know, so it's, it's fantastic to see the, uh, how many people want to make a difference in their local communities or in other ways. And today they can share that. They can share to a lot of other actors, so they can speed up the, the process. And it's uh, it's fantastic to to see that there are hundreds of millions of people, mm. billions. But uh, you, with this experience you have, and mm. and, and uh, also to, to tell the the listener, how could they be involved in this uh, sort of bridge building and and networking start to find a community probably i guess you're part many people who listen to this for example i guess they are already part of a local community most likely if you're not then you should find it uh, looking at your passion what what do you really want to do as a person or organization so start with yourself then go out because that is not what everyone has done go out and find the similar organizations outside Europe or your closest bubble here. So like find some like-minded passion or interest in another part of the world and start to connect with them. Uh, connect with some people in a community on Facebook or in Twitter or, or, or uh, other arenas. Uh, so connect this step one, find it, of course, a step one, connect with some people there who seems interesting. Step two, three, start to speak with them. Four, make some interview online, social media, for example. Five, make a small video of it, start to build your own channel or your own uh, knowledge pool. Maybe there are many steps, but step one is start to go out and explore uh, in the in the field of interest, so it's it's something you want to do. It's not something you feel you have to do. Try to go to something you want to do, and when you find other people who do similar things, then you know this sort of wow, are you doing that? That gives energy, and then you are, then you start to do things. So uh, I would recommend that to, to explore. And there are hundreds, uh, there are millions of communities out there. So it's not a lack of, of uh, things to do and communities to connect with. So um, if people will follow you, Bertola, where mm. do they find you? Uh, where are you on social I'm on, media? Yeah, on Facebook, you find my name. Just Google there and you can follow. And you can look at some of the profiles that are there on the on the wall. Some of them you can go to you can go to SoCap Network or you can go to Learning Societies. 
We can start with that SOCAP networks, SOCAP network of learning society. You can join there and uh, I will, you can just inbox me and I will share some other places. We don't drown in this. That's a bit of the challenge in this world of hundreds and, and thousands of communities out. Where do you start and where do you go? Because you can easily be a bit overwhelmed of, of navigation this this place. I also think that this uh, bit of the knowledge you need to have in the future to, to navigate these flows of uh, data or information or, or knowledge, otherwise it's, it will be too much and we just want to plug out and uh, delete the app. That's the first thing you do. So uh, you are engaged in a lot of learning activities mm. and learning society mm. networking. Yeah. Um, and what is the purpose in the end? You can be a force for something bigger than yourself. Uh, thank you so very much, uh, Bertola. Thank you very much. It was great being here. I'm Kai Embren. Follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn where I will be announcing the future guests to this podcast. And you can expect about two programs a month. And each guest has a unique story of making business and society sustainable. So find out more. Visit my homepage, kaiembren.org. Thank you for listening.